a message for liberals and the mainstream media. You can't handle the truth! So, buckle up, snowflakes, because we're about to deliver the politically direct best in conservative commentary, news, and investigative reports. We're telling the truth, and we're not gonna stop. Okay, liberals, back under the bridge with the rest of your fellow trolls, and oh yeah, Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots. They are special, special people on RSPRadio1.com. Welcome to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. Friday night edition of the show, 4th of August, and welcome to it. Hello, Diane. Hello, Craig, and how are you today? I am excited because I'm hungry and I'm going to have dinner after the show, and I know what I'm having. What are you having? Shark. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, uh, uh, my wife brought home some shark uh, for dinner tonight, and uh, I think I'm going to need a bigger fridge. Oh, what, did she bring home a whole fish? A great white. <laughs> I, li- I like shark. I like, uh, you know, a little shark steak every once in a while. It's pretty good. Well, you're talking to a vegetarian here, so. <laughs> well, and luckily sharks aren't vegetarian, so I don't feel so bad about eating them. That's true. They have it coming. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it is. They got it coming. That's true. You hey, know, I was, okay. I, was, I was reading a thing the other day, uh, a scientific thing. And there's there's pretty good evidence now that the great white probably was responsible for the decline and eventual extinction of the megalodon shark. Oh, gee, like that's big news. <laughs> well, I mean, I found it interesting. I mean, you know, the megalodon was so huge it had to eat like 2,500 pounds of food a day. That's uh, you know, to to survive where a great white can eat a seal and live on that for, for almost a week. So the the efficiency of the smaller great white led to the downfall of the giant megalodon. And I find it more interesting that the ancient relative of the um, whale was the dog. Yeah. You know, imagine having that as a pet. I know. <laughs> These are the things, guys, that we look into. These absurd things that no one else would even think about. They, it, the stuff like that is of interest to both Diane and myself. And, We're geeks, uh, let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's really what it comes down to. I mean, there's really no other way to look at it. But Science geeks, yes. <laughs> it, it is interesting, you know, when you start putting all the puzzle pieces together, which is, you know, what we do on this show, but politically speaking. And let's start with the January 6th indictment of President Trump that took place the other day. I'll tell you what, I see more problems with this indictment than any indictment I think I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, and it starts with such a simple thing that the special counsel, we're talking um, Jack Smith here, actually may not have reviewed important records before indicting Trump. Oh! <laughs> You know, I mean, is is that beyond ridiculous? That's that's like you know, law one hundred and one, isn't it? I would think. Well, and but and, you know, you're talking about Democrat land here, so they don't go by actual, you know, common sense and reality. Well, let me fill people in on what we're talking about here, just briefly. 
uh, Bernie Carrick, the former police chief of New York City, turned over some documents to Jack Smith, the prosecutor in this case. And Mm -hmm. those documents were exculpatory. They were good for Trump. Well, uh, he turned those over in late July. Well, then the day after the indictment came down, Jack Smith contacted uh, Carrick's attorney's office and said, we need those documents. And he said, I already gave them to you. Mm-hmm. He never saw them. He never looked at them. He never read them. He never them. saw them. And these were important documents because they included sworn affidavits from people raising concerns about the integrity of the 2020 presidential contest. And it showed that there was a genuine effort, basically across the board, to actually investigate claims of voter fraud. Right. Now, to make matters worse, if Jack Smith could actually make his own case worse, he has. Mm -hmm. Because not only did he not read those documents... He also failed to turn over to the defense, Trump's attorney team, right? exculpatory evidence, which, right. he, which he had to do before the indictment. Uh, he, he now says, okay, we, we've now turned it all over, but it's kind of too late because he's guilty by not turning it over of prosecutorial prosecutorial misconduct right (laughs) this guy can't get out of his own way well what's important about this particular issue is that it bears directly on the element of whether rudy giuliani and therefore of course donald trump knew that their claims of election fraud were false now this has to do with good faith reliance upon claims of fraud even if they later turn out to be false because it's very different from pushing fraud claims that you know to be false all along so in other words what they have to prove is that hey trump said they were false that he won and and he says he really believed that he won the election so do many of us others but they how are they going to prove that he didn't really believe it. You can't prove that. Well, and the burden of proof is on the prosecution here. Exactly. Now, here's kind of what I think is going to happen. I think I think Jack Smith will get a conviction in D.C. Right. Okay, I, th- I think the jury pool there is going to be so tainted that, uh, that they would, you know, convict Donald Trump for being Donald Trump. Um, mm-hmm. but I think when it goes to appeal, whether it, it gets appealed, uh, you know, one step at a time or whether Trump's attorneys, uh, you know, appeal it directly to the U S Supreme court, by the time it gets to the U S Supreme court, if it even gets that far, the conviction will be thrown out because you can't like you, like you said, Diane, you can't prove what the guy was thinking. And, According to everybody around him, he's still one. This Donald Trump, he still one hundred percent believes that he won that election. That the so election the millions was millions of others of us. Yeah, I mean, you know, call call Diane as a witness. Call me as a witness. Call millions of other people as witnesses. We still think the same thing. You know, you exactly. couldn't you couldn't sit there and watch that election in twenty twenty the way Diane and I did while we were on the air and see, and I'm just going to pick some, some round numbers that are easy to deal with. Let's say in, in Georgia, Trump has 2 million votes. And then the next thing you see is that he's got 1,200,000 votes. Mm-hmm. How does that happen? Fraud. In a word, Fraud. Yeah, I mean, or two words: election tampering. That too, you know. Mm-hmm. And you you look at the situation as as it went down. 
they were stopping the counting in certain places, Michigan, uh, Atlanta, Philadelphia. You know, they would stop the counting. And suddenly, hordes and hordes of, of uncounted ballots would show up out of thin air. Mm-hmm. And then they'd restart the counting. But when they were doing that, did they let the people that were watching over the election watch over the election? No. No. Throw them out no. of the room. And you know what's even worse about that? What's even worse about that is all the ballots that showed up late, all the law suddenly found ballots, they were all for Biden. There were none for Trump. What all are the odds? What are the odds? Yeah. What are the odds? My eyeball. I got a better and, odds of winning the billion plus dollars in the lottery. Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> you know, also there is a problem though with Washington finding him guilty unless they are successful in getting a change of venue. The problem is Okay, the trial is set for a certain date. Let's play devil's advocate and say Trump is found guilty. Then they have to go through the whole process of appeal. And that takes a long time, folks. That doesn't happen overnight. By that time that an appeal is reached, we could have already had the primaries People were disgusted. Hey, look, he was found guilty, blah, 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 blah. And that in and of itself can affect the election. Really? I mean, really? do you think maybe keeping the Hunter Biden laptop story a secret could have affected the election in 2020? I mean, well, the, the, the difference is, Craig, they were successful in what they did. Whether we like it or not, they were successful in keeping it low enough where it didn't affect the vote, per se. So let's consider 2020 a dry run for 2024. I mean, if it worked in 2020, they can make it work again, right? Craig, don't put anything past Soros and his money. That's what I'm saying. This man is capable of buying an election if he had to. It's my opinion. I'm not stating it as fact, but it's my opinion that he very well can buy the election if need be. And our side, the hierarchy on our side knows that. And part of the problem here is Here we have an election that'll probably be tenfold the amount of fraud as 2020, and yet our Republican leaders have done not a thing to address voter fraud. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's a head scratcher when you get right down to it. I mean, obviously. There was there were problems. You call it voter fraud. You call it irregularities. Call it whatever you want. Okay, mm-hmm. but it's something or some things that honestly need to be dealt with and and should have been dealt with years ago. You know, and now here we are, fifteen months basically uh, from the uh, general election, and nothing's been done. Not a. F- thing nothing's been uh, brought before the house even jim jordan who we all admired i mean he he does great but i have yet to hear any investigation into voter fraud and unless we handle the voter fraud how are we going to win any election seriously i mean it's it's a good question now let me throw a monkey wrench into the deal Okay. The federal government does not run the elections. That's up to right. the states. It's so up to the states. There's very little the federal government can do. When it comes to election fraud, it's up to the states to handle that. But even but red the, states aren't doing anything. Exactly. And the problem is a lot of this election fraud can be handled very simply. 
here in my state of Florida, voter ID photographs are demanded before you are handed that ballot. In other right. words, voter photo ID is required. Not only that, you have to show a proof, uh, whether your driver's license, whatever, of your address, and it's checked that it matches that in the voter the voter logs. Other states have that, and kudos to them. But the majority of the country, whether they be red states or blue states, still does not have mandatory ID. And our Republican leaders are doing nothing to get that passed as law. Yes, it's still controlled by the states, but you still can pass it. That voter ID is required. It still can be passed on the federal level and then given to the states to do how they want to implement it. And nothing is done. At the very least, members of... uh you know, congressmen and senators from red states that are that are in Washington, D.C., should be putting the pressure on their parties in their home states right. to adopt that kind of voter ID system. You know, right. even, even if the federal government is barred from passing a federal voter ID law, and if they did, I'm sure it would come under question. I'm sure there would be court cases and what have you, because even red states that try to do it, uh, somebody takes them to court. But you would think that members of Congress would go to their home states, especially the, the red state senators and House of Representatives, they would go to their home states and say, listen, you know, GOP party of Nebraska, GOP party of Iowa, GOP party of Texas, so on and so forth, whatever. Make sure you've got strong voter ID laws. And if you need help in drawing them up from a legal standpoint, we will make resources available to you so that you as a state can have these kind of voter ID laws. And, you know, like you said, Diane, Florida is a great example. Use Florida as the blueprint. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's not like you're reinventing the wheel. The wheel is in no. Florida. Just copy it. What's mind-boggling about all this is we need photographic and regular ID for a multitude of things. Yet, the most important thing, where our vote is sacred, anything goes. Now, that lies at the fault with the feds. Right. And as long as the Democrats are in control, and as long as the Republicans don't have a spine, we're going to see this kind of stuff that happened in 2020 happening in 2024, 28, and beyond. We have got to make voter ID mandatory. Well, and I'll tell you something else. Voting in person is a big deal. Yes. Okay, if you're not voting in person, if if your state... Uh, or wherever you live, folks, has the the mail-in ballots, that is a situation that is just begging for fraud. Yes. Not only that, not only that, but this early voting nonsense is ridiculous. If you can't give up one day to vote for the president of this country and stand on a line, we have serious problems with the patriotism in this country why do you have to early vote the constitution doesn't allow for early voting that was made up nonsense the constitution has set aside one day that's how it should be well and and let me ask you a theoretical question because the constitution says voting day not voting week or voting month or voting months plural right. because it says voting day doesn't that open the door for the federal government to make election day every two years whether it be for the president or the uh, the off uh, year election right midterms yeah midterms make that a federal holiday 
Make that a day where businesses are closed so people can go to the polls. I wouldn't call it a holiday because that has a total, you know, different connotation. But I would make it a required of businesses, required of schools as a day off to perform your civic duty. I wouldn't call it a holiday. Yeah, I mean, you call it whatever you want. Call it, you know, call it scratch your butt day. But, you know, make it, make it a <laughs> call day. Call it election day. Election day. You know, businesses close, schools close, and it, it's a day where nobody goes to work and everybody goes to vote. Right. And you know what? If you don't feel that you want to wait on the lines, then maybe you don't deserve to vote. Voting, you know, our our veterans, our servicemen and women, many, many in our military gave their lives for our right to vote. Right. And if you can't do that thing one day of the year, maybe we need IQ tests for voters. Well, that's going to cut things. (laughs) Or at least citizenship tests for voters. Loyalty tests for voters. Not loyalty to a person, but loyalty to your country. I mean, this has gotten so, so out of hand that it's ridiculous. (laughs) Voting is a free-for-all joke right now, and the Republican hierarchy is doing nothing about it you don't hear a peep from the the gop national committee no it's crickets out there right it's nothing but you hear plenty from the democrats everybody has a right to vote they can mail it in they can drop it off as late as they want time stamping doesn't matter let's go dig up more dead votes that's all you hear and they get away with it i know it's it's insanity you know when you look at this indictment for january 6th it's Mm -hmm. really about voter integrity i mean when you when you really boil it down it's about voter integrity diane did you hear what al sharpton said about it oh dear god i know yeah i i heard it but i kind of blocked it out because i don't take anything al sharpton says seriously it's hard to take it seriously okay but i I actually put up a meme about it earlier today. Let me read Al Sharpton's quote. Okay. And, 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 and I'll tell you what I put on my meme. Okay. Okay. Quote, I've never heard of three cases on one individual in three jurisdictions. So this is serious. But on the other side of it, one day our children's children will read American history. And can you imagine our reading that James Madison or Thomas Jefferson tried to overthrow the government so they could stay in power, unquote. That's Al Sharpton. My comment on the meme, two words, Revolutionary War. That's right. (laughs) I mean. You know something, Craig? This might seem far-fetched. But it's getting to this point, and I am not calling for this. I am not inciting violence. I'm just saying the time might come when we, the people, need to take matters into our own hands. If our government is not going to do what they're tasked to do, what they're constitutionally tasked to do, unless we start taking matters into our own hands, we're going to fail as a country. Yeah. It's it's just gotten ridiculous. I don't recognize this country anymore. It, you, you don't. I mean, that's that's really the problem here. And, and this is really what exactly what the uh, the liberals want. They want to do away with every single American institution there is. Mm-hmm. Because they hate America for whatever their their out-of-this-world reason is for hating this country. This group of Democrats, the one with the biggest mouths, they hate this country and everything we stand for. It's and you amazing. know what a lot of it stems from, I think? Jealousy. Well, that could be. 
They are jealous of the people who have made something of themselves because of this country, and they haven't. It, it, it's just a mire of insanity here right now. You know, I, I, let's be honest here, a big part of it, too, is the fact that unless the government controls the people, liberalism will die. Right. You know, I, I mean, that's that's just a fact. They have to have control, or as a party, they're done. Right. And it, it, it's a very simple fix. First of all, you have to stop saying we're a democracy. The United States of America is a constitutional republic, plain and simple. Number two, we have to start becoming constitutionalists. We have to follow the rule of law, not change it to meet our whims, but follow it as written. And third, we got to get rid of this woke crap because that has done so much over the past few years to destroy American institutions, American common sense, ingenuity, and all sorts of biological issues. This woke (laughs) nonsense in and of itself, which is coupled with cancel culture, has disrupted everything. You can't change American history. You can't change who you are. So stop trying to change our country. I mean, it's part of the fundamental transformation of America. Of course it is. From a president who hates this country. Ex-president who hates this country. It's sick, Craig. It it is sick. And it's getting worse by the day. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I, I personally don't know what's going to happen. This is not the country that that I was brought up in. None of us. I mean, no. I, you know, when you read a quote like that from Al Sharpton, you know, imagine our kids thinking that Thomas Jefferson and James Madison tried to overthrow the government. Well, that's exactly what they did. Right. They tried to break free from the King of England. They tried to overthrow a theocracy because they did not want a theocracy. And they tried to set a number of laws in place for the good of all the people. We the people. You know, they it's didn't odd. say, you, this group follows this law, that group follows that law, the other group can do whatever the hell they want. They didn't say that. It was we, the people, the collective people of this country. You know, not only did Al Sharpton prove he has absolutely no knowledge of civics or the history of this country. When he said that, he also proved his own hypocrisy. And you know how he did that? You mean that he's gotten away with so many uh, uh, criminal activities with just a slap on the wrist? Yeah, there is that. But, I mean, here he is in this quote. You know, can you imagine James Madison or Thomas Jefferson doing this? Well, it, when yeah. he says it, when, when he says that, okay, he's putting Thomas Jefferson up on a pillar. This is a man to be admired. But Al Sharpton will also tell you that he wants to tear down anything that has to do with Thomas Jefferson because Thomas Jefferson owned slaves. Oh, I am so sick of hearing about slaves. You know, so, I mean, there you go. You've got hypocrisy. On one hand, he hates Thomas Jefferson, but when it serves his purpose, he'll hold Thomas Jefferson in high regard. Oh, right. Of course. Because these people like Sharpton, they pick and choose what they want to believe and how they're going to get out their message of what they believe. It doesn't mean it's real, folks. Far from it. Yeah. yeah. Far from it. Sad. Sad. And and now we are facing truths about January 6th that even if they're out there, do you think core, um, juries like that in Washington are going to accept even the truth? 
No, of course not. That's why he's going to get convicted in Washington, but it'll get overturned on appeal. But the timing will be wrong. It'll be too many people, too many independents will say, well, we like Trump. We did great under Trump, but we're not voting for a convicted felon. Well, I'll tell you what. Trump's defense in, in in these cases needs to take a page out of the playbook of liberals. Mm-hmm. And they need to go out there in and mass and present their case in the court of public opinion nationwide. Absolutely. I mean I, I really feel that. And Trump needs to show up at every court appearance and act like he acted yesterday, very humble, very quiet. Stoic. Stoic. Because that in and itself without him going off on his tangents, shows how serious he is and how wrong these charges are that are being made against him. It's all about visual appearances as well, unfortunately. Yep, it's true. It's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. And, you know, if you think this is just going to lay there and wait, uh, you know, for something to happen, I guarantee you, more and more and more information is going to come out. I mean, we just scratched the surface with Jack Smith and his right. legal illiteracy, um, right. you know, in in this so far. And I think there's going to be more to come. We've hit the bottom of the hour. That means we've got one segment left, but we've got to take a quick break before we get to that last segment. And we got two different things that we want to talk about coming up here in the final half hour of tonight's show. So, folks, stay with us. There's more Right Side Patriots after this. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk, where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. Hi guys, Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's longtime Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out The National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on rspradio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori, right over there at the Patriot Factor. If you miss any part of tonight's show, you'll miss a lot, but you don't have to miss out completely. If you go to rspradio1.com tomorrow morning, click the podcast button. This show and all the others are going to be sitting there waiting for you. Yes, I will have it up sometime between 6 and 7 in the morning. That's Eastern time for you folks in sunny Southern California. Yeah, you're lucky you're you still asleep, but uh, when you have insomnia, a lifelong insomniac, starting work at 5 o'clock is kind of normal. Yeah, I start work at about one thirty, two o'clock every morning. So That's true, but you go to bed a lot earlier than I do. Well, I, I, I go lay down. <laughs> I, you know... <laughs> Every night, I'm, I'm sitting there watching TV, I'm watching old movies, I'm watching old 
uh, Western TV shows. I'm watching something. I'm watching something mm-hmm. on ID, you know, some murder mystery thing on ID. And I, you know, I always look over at the clock and I go, well, you know, it's about 1130 and I got to get up in a couple of hours. So better shut the TV off. <laughs> yeah. You know? uh-huh. Okay. So Mike Pence uh, running for president. Uh, why? Nobody knows. Um, right. He doesn't stand a snowball's chance in hell. Uh, of of getting anywhere close to the nomination. But that's not stopping him from going out there and shooting his mouth off. Mike Pence, I'm sorry, is probably the root cause of January 6th. He didn't do the right thing. He squawks about the Constitution and this and that, but nowhere in the Constitution does it back up the things he's squawking about. He is the cause of this country at this time being in the condition he's in. He is the cause of President Trump facing the indictments he's facing. And for some reason, he loves jabbing in the knife even deeper into Trump's back. This is the same man who claims, I will never even have lunch, a business lunch with another woman if my wife isn't there. The man who pretends to be holier than thou, who pretends to be the most pious, reverend type of person, in my opinion, is a backstabber and a traitor to this country. And I went so far yesterday as putting up a meme on Facebook that it's my opinion that anyone who supports him is a traitor to Trump and this country. You know, on January 6th, what what could have been done, what should have been done, was everything should have been put on hold. That would have been Pence's job. So that a thorough investigation could have been done into allegations of voter fraud. But, oh, no, Mike Pence wouldn't do it. He didn't want an investigation into voter fraud. He simply just parroted the mainstream media. Oh, there's no such thing as voter fraud. Well, there is. You know, (laughs) all he had to do was say, you know what? We're, we're going we're gonna to take a deep breath. We're going to stop this right now. We're going to investigate these allegations. We're going to have thorough investigations and look into it. Now, would they have found enough of the voter fraud to have put Trump over the top? We don't know. And the reason we don't know is because he wouldn't do it. Right. He was afra- He's either afraid to do it or... They have something, meaning they, the other side, has something on him that is preventing him from doing it. Or is he simply a rhino incarnate? And, you know, his last statement where he said anyone putting self over constitution should never be president. Do you realize what this man is saying about President Trump? This man is a backstabber on the same level that Obama stabbed Israel in the back. Same thing. It's the same thing. Now, let me address uh, a couple of the things that you just said about Mike Pence. Mm -hmm. Um, Could he just be a rhino par excellence? Yeah. I, and, and I think that that probably goes without saying. I mean, he's he's no real conservative. He's you know he's part of the machine. Um, you mm-hmm. know, he's, you know, uh, he he's floated to the top of the scum pile in the swamp, but he's still part of the swamp. Okay, so I think that's that's definitely true. Now, there are going to be people out there who are listening to this show, whether live or on the podcast, and they're going to say, well. Diane's trying to start a conspiracy theory because she's saying that maybe the other side, maybe the liberals actually have something on Pence, and that's why he did this. Now, now, before you jump to conclusions, folks, and think, well, that's just a wild conspiracy theory, let me give you my thought as to what they actually might have 
on Mike Pence. Okay. It could be that a liberal operative actually has video of Mike Pence having a business dinner with a woman other than his wife. <laughs> that very well could be. I'm telling you, I, the guy's been in Washington for a long time, and there's a lot of business dinners that go on there. And if he went to one with a woman and his wife wasn't there, and a liberal operative has video of that, they could make Pence do damn near anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds ludicrous, but, you know, in today's world, you never know. But another thing about Mike Pence, adding to what he said, was that President Trump is surrounded by a group of crackpot lawyers that kept telling him what his itching ears wanted to hear. Really, Pence? Many of us witnessed, personally witnessed, voter fraud in action. People who were on the lines two, three, and four times. Machines that suddenly got jammed up. A multitude of things. Well, and so don't go shooting your mouth off like this. And and like you said in the last segment, Diane, what about all those votes that showed up in the middle of the night? The truckloads of votes that showed up in the middle of the night, all of them for Joe Biden. I mean, and if you're talking about you know Trump being surrounded by crackpot attorneys. I guess crackpot number one would be Ruli Giuliani, the man who saved New York City. Right. America's mayor, Ruli Ju- right. Rudy Giuliani. You know, and you, you look at some of the attorneys that that he's got. I wouldn't call them crackpots. Mm-hmm. You know, and, no. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, this is Mike Pence. Trying to get somebody to notice him. He's trying desperately to be relevant in in a world where he could never be relevant. No. And if you remember, Craig, when Trump had to choose who his VP was, you remember me telling you, oh, please don't pick Mike Pence. Yes, I know. I have disliked that man from the moment I saw him. Call it intuition call it sensing an aura or call it whatever you want to call it. But I had a bad feeling about this man from day one. You know, we've gotten to a, we've gotten to a position in this country where nobody chooses a vice president, you know, a, a number two on the ticket because the number two is actually capable of running the country. They choose a number two based on Life insurance. I mean, you you choose somebody who, you know, God forbid something happens, you know, to the president. You you do everything you can to keep something from happening to the president because, oh, my God, look who's number two in line. You know, I mean, Kamala Harris wasn't chosen for her brilliance. No, no. She checked off all the boxes, you know. Woman of color, woman, um, you know, the whole rigmarole of the boxes they check off. But the most important one was she is the life insurance that Biden will never be impeached, will never be thrown out of office. He is here as long as Obama demands him to be here. Exactly. My opinion. It's exactly right. I mean, come on. I mean, let's let's just be honest about the thing. Mike Pence doesn't stand a chance. He's not going to get anywhere close to the nomination. He's just out there trying to be a fly in the ointment. He's trying, He's trying to, be, to be a spoiler. Yeah. He's also a spoiler. And if anybody believes that Trump told Pence that he has to choose between himself, meaning Trump, and the Constitution... Really, I got a bridge I can sell you. Really? I, I mean, mean it's this just, is, it's transparent. It's transparent. And I want you to know all the things I'm saying tonight 
are coming from someone who in the primaries is going to vote for Ron DeSantis. Because I think at this point in time, he would be a better president. However, I will vote for Trump if he gets the nomination, of course, because the the alternatives are not even an option. And also because I believe the election was stolen and I will support and defend Trump's right to give the proof he has, because I believe he has it, to clear his name and to bring back our country to sanity because people are insane over this. Well, and the insanity runs deeper than just the Trump indictments. I mean, right. let's let's spend a little time here as we get closer to the end of the show talking about the two-tiered system of injustice we now have in this oh, country. Right. You know, Trump right. right now is facing 78 individual charges. And how many is Joe Biden facing? Zero. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that says it all. That says it all. They're going after Trump like a like a rabid hyena goes after a pork chop. Yeah. You know, and, and here you got Joe Biden and, and uh, you know, crack-infested Hunter mm-hmm. doing shakedowns of Chinese energy officials for millions and millions of dollars in bribes. You've got Joe lying about his involvement with Hunter and his business deals and his foreign business associates. You've got Joe Biden on videotape admitting and bragging about quid pro quo. Exactly. You know, you've got you've got a money trail. You've got whistleblowers coming forward from the IRS. You've got banks. You've got banks that threw up 170 red flags as to what they felt was improper banking practices by the Bidens right? for years. Exactly. Looking at money laundering, you've got 20-plus shell corporations, you've got, you've got money flowing to at least nine different Biden family members, and not a single charge. Nothing. Nothing. And the media... You know, they they throw up these indictments. The timing of them is very suspicious in their own right, because the indictments seem to happen as the noose around, you know, the Biden's neck gets tighter and tighter. And I don't mean the killing noose, guys, so let's not, you know, go crazy here. But as the noose is tightening around their neck as to what they have really done, as to the criminals they really are. You know, as well as I do, Craig, that the next indictment has to come out within the next few days. Right, and I'll tell you why. Because it's we're, getting, we're only a couple of days away, I think, from actual documentation being made public that the Bidens have offshore bank accounts. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. and that they've been funneling millions upon millions of dollars into them. And there might actually be some verification coming forward over the next couple of days that some of those bank accounts belong to Joe Biden. Now, here's a guy who was the vice president of the United States who now occupies, and I think illegally and illegitimately, the Oval Office. And mm-hmm. he's got offshore bank accounts. What, this oh, yeah. country isn't good enough to keep your money in, Joe? Mm-hmm. Now, when those things come out, when those documents come out, and, and those things are made public, and I think that's going to happen within the next few days, I guarantee you, either that day or the next day, Donald Trump will be indicted in Georgia. Absolutely. Just like Absolutely. clockwork. Yeah. Well, what I'm waiting for the big thing, my big thing in all of this is that who is going to sing, when are they going to sing about Obama's involvement in all this? Because I, I believe, it's my opinion, covering all legalities here, 
that Obama, his hand is at the top of this, manipulating it all. And I would call for, if it, I was able to do it, I would call for a forensic audit of the Obama's bank accounts. Makes you wonder what's in there, and I guarantee you, Barack Hussein Obama is mixed up in this thing. If you go back, I just mentioned a couple of minutes ago, the bragging on video of quid pro quo. Part Mm -hmm. of that bragging in that video done by Joe Biden is that he told the Ukrainian hierarchy, you've got six hours. If you don't fire that prosecutor, I'm out of here in six hours and you're not getting the billion dollars. And according to Joe, in his own words, they told him, well, you don't have the ability to hold back that money. Only the president can do that. And Joe Biden said, well, call him. Exactly. It can't be any plainer than this, folks. If Barack Obama wasn't involved in that, why would Joe Biden say, call him? Exactly. The simple fact is Biden as vice president could really legally do very little. In order to get done what these buyers, if you will, wanted to get done, it could only be done by the president. Joe Biden is just an intermediary. I have always believed that the real big guy has always been Obama. Let's look at that quid pro quo thing again. Let's examine that a little bit deeper. On December 4th, and I believe that was 2015. 15, I believe, yeah. yeah. Uh, on December 4th is when Hunter uh, was told by uh, the, the, the corrupt government of Ukraine. Remember, this is before Zelensky. Right. Okay. They told him, get your dad on the phone, we got to have his help. If the prosecutor doesn't get fired, Burisma is going to go under. Okay, mm-hmm. Hunter's on the board for Burisma, right? So they're raking in millions of dollars. All right, so that happens on December 4th. Five days later, on December 9th, Joe Biden is in Ukraine and makes that video. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, do you really think... Joe Biden had the ability as the VP to just say, hey, I'm going to get on the Air Force Two and fly over to Ukraine and and have it out with these people. No, the vice president doesn't travel like that unless it's okayed by the guy above him. Exactly. There are too many unanswered questions here that for whatever reason, the big guys the guys of name refuse to ask why. And it doesn't take rocket science. No, you know, when, not when, in the least. When the guy that's bragging about the quid pro quo says, you know, I got away with it because they didn't think I could. And I, and they said only the president can make that decision. I said, we'll call him. Right. Know, the fact that he's even there in Ukraine and, and, talking to those people face to face he doesn't get to make those travel plans on his own of course not so you know obama's involved at some level and like diane said wouldn't a forensic audit be interesting it would be very interesting but you forget you can't question obama on anything because he's america's first black president and if you do question him you're a racist I thought Bill Clinton was America's first black president. He said so. I thought so. Too. I thought so. <laughs> you know, he even he even had a he even had a an office in Harlem. I mean, Obama, he's out there on Martha's Vineyard, right? You know? But Bill had an office in Harlem because he was right. America's first black president. It just this whole thing is. Definitely proof that we have a two-party system. The Bidens will be investigated just a little bit at face value to throw our side a bone, but they will go after Trump with a vengeance. 
it is obvious there's a two two level system of justice in this country. And the only way we're going to get rid of that is to vote Democrats out. That's the only way. That's the only way. And that's where it starts. That's not where it ends. Folks, I mean, I I get so sick and tired of people that get involved in politics when elections roll around. Then they take the next two years off thinking, well, you know, I I voted, so those people are going to take care of my problems. That's not how it works. No. No. You You have to hold our elected officials accountable. You can't just elect them and then walk away. You, you've got to hold people, officials included, responsible for their actions, responsible for their votes. Are they really speaking for their constituents? Or did they get, you know, run for office because of the nice cushy salary and all the perks that go with it? Like insider trading. In other words, where you bamboozle. You've got to stay on top of this stuff. Ben Franklin knew it because when they when – People ask Ben Franklin what kind of a government we would have. He said a republic, if you can keep it. Right. right. We're not a democracy. And, and that's the first thing that people need to understand. Democracy is mob rule. That's why, words, that's why the liberals ahead. keep saying that we have a democracy, because they want mob rule. Exactly. We are a constitutional republic. We are elect officials to do our bidding to represent us in no way shape or form are we a democracy how that monica ever got attached to us i really don't get it yeah i i well you know it's it's like calling every copy machine in the world a xerox whether it's a rico copier or a Samsung copier, you know, call them exactly. a Xerox, you get a Xerox. You know, you, you have a, a box of tissues, everybody calls it a Kleenex, it might be Scott tissues. Right. You know, so right. it's it, it's become kind of a catch-all uh, thing, but it's unfortunate because from a civic standpoint, it's not a democracy, it's a constitutional republic. Right. From but, a legal standpoint as well. Yeah. Um what you want to do if you want to if you want to start the process of taking back this country and reestablishing a sense of common sense in this country mm-hmm. is you've got to vote Republican. Yeah. Okay, now, yes, you're going to wind up electing some rhinos in the process because in some places that's all they've got. Right. Okay, but it's better than the alternative. And you know how I know it's better than the alternative? Because we got the alternative, and it's pretty damn bad. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's a simple way to figure this out. Okay. Donald Trump's private chef is still alive. Ah, oh, that's true. And Obama, and the Obamas put on a show today how sorry they are that he's gone. You know... Bill and Hillary's private chef also drowned. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm and, just uh, saying. This chef drowned in what? He's an expert swimmer in four feet of water or something like that? Well, it was eight feet of water. Oh, eight feet. Okay. You, you know, the first thing that came out when, when this chef drowned the other day, it's a tragedy. Yeah, I, you know, but they said, well, you know, he couldn't swim. My first thought is, what's he doing out there paddleboarding if he can't swim? Then it came out I heard because he was videos. An swimmer. Yeah, then then videos came out of him actually swimming. He's a very good swimmer. Right. right. Okay. So what happened there, really? And why? Not only what happened, but why did it happen? And and, and why did Obama show up on a golf course a couple of days later with a black eye? And cuts all over his uh, fingers and arm. Maybe that dude he's married to beat him up. I don't know. Yeah, that could. <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying. That could be. <laughs> well, folks, look, we've almost run out of time here. We just got a few seconds left. If you missed any part of this Friday night show, go to rspradio1.com. 
tomorrow morning, click the podcast button. You can listen to the show in total. You can listen to any of our other shows. But with that, Diane, you and I have run out of time for a Friday night. And with that, I'll say 99, folks. Star Trek awaits. And my shark dinner is waiting for Ah, me. Ah, okay. Folks, have (laughs) yourselves a great weekend. We'll catch up with you again next Tuesday. Bye-bye.